if you consider that the why you want to play the infinite game and have the mindset, then strategically you'd be looking at and keeping up with technology. Right. Mm-hmm. Because technology had to capture up where memory became cheap, internet speeds. And, well, first of all, the internet became more relevant because it was widespread around the country. And then you started getting fiber optics and technology involved that allow, allowed the fast transmission of a lot of data in a short period of time. Right. That all of a sudden that that method of delivering content became reality became right. and it came at a cost the costs are driving down mm-hmm. to where the masses could afford it. So if you're paying attention to the technology changes and saying our why is just delivering content, we don't care how we do it. Right. Right? So yeah, at the time DVDs and rental of DVDs, because that's where the technology was was appropriate, but you know, it's it's nice to look at those spreadsheets and the profit and saying that's where our mainstay is and you get locked into that. Yeah. As opposed to saying, No, that's wonderful for now, but we're we're either gonna go invest money to help push technology to a point where we don't have to maintain inventory of DVDs and worry mm-hmm. about some whether somebody returns it or not and sort of the problem childs, if you will, that business model. Mm-hmm. Um, you can either invest in it or or you can encourage others to invest in it so that that way of delivering of content arrives and then you can start getting out a DVD and plan right. for that new model of delivery to households and businesses and so forth to come around and be prepared for it, be involved in it so that you can evolve as a company and your business model changes, right? Mm-hmm. That's playing the infinite game. Absolutely. There's no one where your core is uh, and then not worrying about how it gets delivered or how it gets presented or anything of that nature is that, that it we, we as human beings, right, always going to want to be entertained, mm-hmm. to have some downtime, to have some laughs, to have some good times Absolutely. or watch <laughs> documentaries and get informed and learn stuff. I mean, there's always going to be that need as long as we're on this uh, planet for that kind of capability. So if you can focus on that and say, I don't, I'm not going to focus on how it gets delivered. I'll roll with the punches, so to speak, with that as technology evolves, you're going to stay in the game. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Happy Tuesday, and thank y'all so much for tuning in and spending your time with us. We know everybody's time is valuable. 
And we hope that during this uh, hour or so, we can generate a ton of value in your life and help you generate more value as well. Um, here with, of course, co-host Andy McDowell and also Megan. Welcome, my wife. Good morning. Andy, good morning. So Good to be with you all. Always. So ready to generate some value. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's in our blood. It is. So um, to move into our topic today, what we're going to cover is is some concepts from the infinite game by Simon Sinek. Of course, Andy and Andy and I's well, one of our favorites for sure. Um, where we've really found a lot of our business concepts and purpose um, and discovery. Well, concepts that resonated with us. Yes. Um. And so to understand really the infinite game, I want to kind of lead us off in understanding, you know, what a finite game is, what is what most people are playing. Um, You've got known players, known pieces, known movements, and really it's a game moving towards one objective and the game ends when the set objective is met. I mean, think of a board game or even a football game. I mean, um, last night we watched the Super Bowl. It's got known players. You've got Tom Brady, Mahomes, etc. And they're trying to see who can win the most points in a certain amount of time. And the one with the most points at the end of the game wins. It's a set objective. They've got to stay within a set, um, set, set of rules. That's redundant. <laughs> Um, and again, using football, again, there's referees or officials or regulators to keep things within the guidelines, within the guardrails. And then at the end of the game, there is a definite declared winner and then the game's over. Right. So, so there's even built into the rules is a definition of when the game ends. Right. So right. basketball, football, it's based off of time. You know, with timeouts involved in the game, um, in baseball, it's a certain number of innings it's not necessarily time-based but each team gets nine innings worth of whacking at the ball um or the possibility of it you may not do anything bottom of ninth the home team's in the lead but there's there's set rules of when the game ends right you know you can expect a football game to last about three three and a half hours a baseball game two and a half to three hours and so forth because of the rules that are involved uh, and that's why they call it a finite game is that it's finite in nature, you know, basically when it's going to end, right? And so your all your strategies are based off of, I only got a certain amount of time. I got 60 minutes. Um, actually, it's 40 minutes in football, right? Two 20-minute halves. So you got four, 40 minutes in football uh, with which to score as many times as you can. So yeah, it's definitely finite, finite in nature, and there's set rules that are agreed upon ahead of time. They're published. Like you said, you got referees that enforce the rules because it's all known by both sides. Everybody knows the definition of a safety. Everybody knows the definition of a touchdown. The football breaks even the tip of the football breaks the line on the plane of the end zone. It's a touchdown. Right. Part of the rules. Everybody knows what it is. And to dig into really what we want to dig into deeper today is, Andy, you want to kind of outline and 
so we can start to discuss and define what an infinite game is. Right. So infinite games, by the pure definition, it's infinite. There is no set definition of when it ends, right? It's part of this world. The world the world keeps going on and on as long as the earth and the sun and the solar system is here. It's going to go on and on and on and on, right? And that game is constantly going to be played. So you have known and unknown players involved, you know? Think of the business world. You got companies that are out there competing today, and there might be a new one that comes out of the horizon Next year, or three years from now, or five years from now, there's constantly teams or players that are coming in and out of uh, the environment. There's no exact or agreed upon rules. You do have some rules called laws that sort of create a boundary with which you can effectively compete on. But for the most part, how you compete, there are no set rules, right? As long as you don't break a law uh, from that perspective. Um most of the rules are very broad in nature to sort of give you that playing field with which that you can um, play on, but there's no exact um, harbinger of rules, you know, from the standpoint of um, what's past interference and what is um, what is a safety and what is um, legal use of hands. You know, those are sort of very tactical specific rules that are in the game and in the infinite game they tend to be much more broad broad based to allow a lot of flexibility um for people to be able to compete in uh we mentioned the infinite time horizons um there is a possibility that you can break a rule still you know in the game of football you can break a rule penalty flag is thrown and you get penalized same mm-hmm. thing here uh even though the, the rules are more broad based you can break break a rule um you may or may not get penalized uh, from that perspective. Um, there's no winning. Because it's an infinite game, you never get to a point where you're comparing points at the end of the game to know right. who the winner is. So there is no declared winner. Right. <clears throat> now, there may be players in the infinite game that, that claim to have won. Right. Um, but the reality is, they haven't because the game keeps going on. So you can't necessarily declare a winner. You can declare uh, where the market leader. Mm-hmm. You can declare all kinds of things. And it may not even be reality because uh, the, the reality is as soon as you declare yourself, the game still keeps going. So you might be a, a winner at this very second. And you made that statement and five seconds later, you're not the winner anymore because mm-hmm. the game went on uh, from that perspective. Um, the primary objective is to be in the game. Not be bankrupt. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, to, to be in the game. That's the whole objective is to have longevity um, so that you're still playing in the game. I think another way to put that would be is staying relevant. Well, absolutely. You have yep. to stay relevant to still be in the game. Otherwise, you're not going to get customers or <laughs> um, you're not going to have any products that are selling. Eventually, you're not going to be in the game anymore. So. Right. Got to keep your pulse on what's going on in the world, customer behaviors, customer needs, uh, problems the customers either know they have or they don't have, or don't know they don't have, um, that you're anticipating in the future and can be ready when all of a sudden the customer wakes up and goes, oh, I do have this problem. Um, 
And the game keeps going on as players drop out, right? How many, right. How many people have worked in, the, <clears throat> for example, the automotive industry? Automotive industry has kept going on, even though people have uh, had careers in the automotive industry and they've reached an age where they've passed away. And guess what? The automotive industry kept going on. Right. And oh, by the way, in 15 years, it may look very different from today. <laughs> As more electric cars and so forth become more mainstream and so forth. That, um, yeah, it's still automotive industry, but in 2035, it may look very different than 1980. Because mm-hmm. the game keeps going on. Well, and a great example of that that I like to use that I've heard, um, I can't exactly recall where I heard it the first time, but um, you think of all the money that used to be in the railroads back when that was the main mm-hmm. way of transportation, and the railroad industry, specifically the railroad families, saw themselves in the railroad industry. Mm-hmm. They saw themselves in a very finite industry, very definite role right? We do trains and railroads. That's it. What they didn't realize is that they should have been playing in the infinite game called the transportation industry because they weren't able to diversify into, okay, well now transportation is moving into aircraft and air travel and other modes of transportation. Mm -hmm. So the game was over. I mean, very rarely it, do people travel cross country by train anymore? Right. So you're hitting, you're hitting the nail on the head with what I was trying to do in my career within Boeing. Um, one of my favorite words was ecosystem. And so in the aviation industry, you have um, multiple players that make the industry work. Um, you have those that make the airplanes, you have those that actually fly the airplanes, and you have those that manage the skies and, and the ground that allows those planes to taxi, land, take off, and fly safely. And Boeing's heritage uh, has been in the manufacturing of airplanes. You know, they sold to air, airline companies around the world, and that's where a lot of their focus was through the years and eventually got into the services business. And um, I was trying to convince my superiors that we really, as a company, needed to be looking at the whole ecosystem. That's where we needed to move to strategically as a company was still stay in the manufacturing game, but if we're going to be growing our revenues and have a more impact and make the aviation industry an infinite game, and keep it, like you said, relevant in the world to come as we get in the world of drones, mm-hmm. as we get into the world of electric propulsion for airplanes, which is being heavily researched now. There's a company in Colorado that's trying to bring supersonic jets back in a different way. That's um, of lesser cost than it was when we had the Concorde and so forth. So there's research being done out there to effectively changed the way the aviation industry is. And I was trying to convince them that they needed to get heavily into the air traffic control world, um, get data connection going between um, ATC and aircraft um, and so forth. And so, you know, each company has to choose where their future is and are they playing a finite game and only looking at spreadsheets and the bottom line and satisfying Wall Street? Or do you want to play the infinite game and keep the industry, you know, be still be a strong player in the industry, 
still make the industry very strong and make it relevant, make it more efficient so that it's still a viable option for people as we go into the, into the future and progress. And in order to do that, you've got to be looking at the whole ecosystem and try and be a major player in that instead of doing incremental growth and try and make incremental changes on how efficient an airplane is. And that's what I was trying, trying to convince them, convince them of is to play that infinite game. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. No, that was good, Andy. And that, that kind of segues into something that was hitting my mind that is, um, very relatable to most people that would hit, hit their brain like me is blockbuster. They Mm -hmm. played a finite game, not an infinite game. Right. Because guess what? They're out of business because of first Redbox happened where you could go to your local gas station or CVS or Walgreens and get it from a machine and take it back whenever you wanted into Netflix, Hulu, YouTube TV, Prime TV, you name it. Now we have streaming abilities from anywhere, any source from our home. We don't have to go to the store to rent a movie or to rent a TV series. Mm-hmm. So if Blockbuster was thinking the infinite game, they would have adapted into that world, but they weren't ready for it, clearly. Yeah, so Simon makes a key point in his book um, that the infinite game is not same thing as your why. Mm-hmm. You know, the infinite game is more of a mindset. You know, your why is your purpose and your foundation and that you're what you're grounded on. But the infinite game is more of a mindset. So if we go back to that blockbuster thought, Megan, mm-hmm. um, what, what do you think a company that's delivering video content, movies, uh, video games themselves, and they used to do the they cartridges, the they rented, mm-hmm. rented the cartridges mm-hmm. you can yep. rent out and so forth. What do you think the why of that? company was they, they yeah, were really just delivering content yeah. right it, it's entertainment it's content entertainment distribution of a sort right so if you if you consider that the why you, you want to play the infinite game and have the mindset then strategically you'd be looking at and keeping up with technology right because mm-hmm. technology had to capture up where Memory became cheap, internet speeds. and Well, first of all, the internet became more relevant because it's widespread around the country. And then you started getting fiber optics and technology involved that allow, allowed the fast transmission of a lot of data in a short period of time. Right. That all of a sudden that, that method of delivering content became reality became right. and it came at a cost the costs are driving down it, mm-hmm. to where the masses could afford it so if you're paying attention to the technology changes and saying our why is just delivering content we don't care how we do it right right so yeah at the time dvds and rental of dvds because that's where the technology was was appropriate but you know it's it's nice to look at those spreadsheets and the profit and saying that's where our mainstay is and you get locked into that as opposed to saying no that's wonderful for now but we're we're either going to go invest money to help push technology to a point where we don't have to 
maintain inventory of DVDs and worry mm-hmm. about some whether somebody returns it or not, and sort of the problem childs, if you will, of that business model. Mm-hmm. Um, you can either invest in it or or you can encourage others to invest in it so that that way of delivering of content arrives and then you can start getting out a DVD and plan right. for that new model of delivery to households and businesses and so forth to come around and be prepared for it, be involved in it so that you can evolve as a company and your business model changes, right? Mm-hmm. That's playing the infinite game. Absolutely. There's no one where your core is uh, and then not worrying about how it gets delivered or how it gets presented or anything of that nature is that, that it we, we as human beings, right, always going to want to be entertained, mm-hmm. to have some downtime, to have some laughs, to have some good times, Absolutely. or watch <laughs> documentaries and get informed and learn stuff. I mean, there's always going to be that need as long as we're on this uh, planet for that kind of capability. So if you can focus on that and say, I don't, I'm not going to focus on how it gets delivered. Uh, roll with the punches, so to speak, with that as technology right. evolves, you're going to stay in the game. I mean, it, it again, it's just, it's kind of, you, you hear the old mindset are stuck in their ways. You can apply that to individuals or companies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think, of, of course, the younger generation is so good at, you know, being brought up in such a quickly evolving world mm-hmm. with technology and everything. I mean, it's just change, 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 change. Um, that a lot of that old mindset of this is the only way has gone away and this infinite game has become more apparent to more people though. Now you can see a vast difference between companies that play the infinite game versus companies that play finite game where, their goal is to hit targets, hit quotas, and that's the end all be all. Yeah, right. they're pleasing Wall Street. Right. Or right? their own pocket. <laughs> or their own pocket. Yeah. I mean Um How how many TV shows can you turn on at five PM after the market closes and, and there's a segment about the winners and losers for today? A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, in a lot of respects, Wall Street is playing a finite game. And if that's where your focus is on in terms of a company, then, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And you have to be prepared for that as opposed to playing the infinite game. You're, you're like, yeah, we're going to have some down, down times and we're going to have some up times. And that's okay. Uh, as long as we live with our why, how, and what of our of our business and play mm-hmm. an infinite game, we're still going to be around and still in the long term be a great investment for people. Right. And I emphasize long term, not am I a winner or a loser today? Well, and to that point, I mean, it, I, I'm glad that you said that because this opens up a kind of side conversation on this, but I feel like one can focus on daily winning a finite game to play the infinite game though if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah you can play a finite game within an infinite game right yeah and i think to a point you have to because again we we go back to the saying how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time 
you've got to have certain metrics and things to be able to effectively run the business in the right now. Sure. But being able to, you know, break those rules, like you said, and not just focus on the metrics, but if, if the needs change, if it, the delivery changes, if the world changes, um, if the customer changes, mm-hmm. those metrics may hit me to be thrown out the window and being ready to anticipate that surprise, that change, and just be able to, you know, as you said, roll with the punches mm-hmm. and not worry about, okay, how do I apply this over here? But being able to transform completely potentially to, again, stay relevant, to stay in the game. Right. So you, you got to be willing to ha- take some short hits in the finite game part of the infinite game in an effort to be in the infinite game and still be a player right. in the game long term that never ends. Yeah, and to make it kind of relevant to the past year, companies that were able to do less in person, more work remotely, work from home, whatever that may look like not as much in-person gathering, they are surviving and thriving. The ones that were not prepared to be able to do that are struggling. And, and it's just about being able to adapt in the infinite game, but still keep your finite focuses of what mm-hmm. has to be accomplished this day, this month, this year. Right. And I may have used this example in a previous episode. And it's one I love to talk to people about while we've been in the pandemic is the pizza shop in Brooklyn that saw a huge reduction of customers, you know, because we were in lockdown, people were staying at home, you know, they might, their delivery business might have, have kept going on, you know, but you're still putting your drivers at risk getting contact with with homeowners and so forth, but you can imagine that their sales got hit pretty hard. So taking a taking an infinite game uh, mindset, they're like, what what else can we do to stay in business and, and be able to make payroll and keep everybody employed and so forth and so on. And they just saw it, they looked at their assets and said, well, we've got ovens that make heat. What can we do with that? And they got into the face shield business, you know, got in, got into plastics and making products for uh, PPE. Um, and got in that business and were able to make enough money at it to keep the business going, still be in the game, as we said, with the infinite game, that we're going to stay in the game until such time this pandemic goes away and we go back to making pizzas, you know, right. so they didn't have to change much about their assets. They just had to buy some other supplies to do something that's helpful in the pandemic that there's a demand for that got created because of the pandemic kept keeps them in the game per se till such time they can go back to their way of life so to speak once the pandemic ends and we, we all know people love pizza so right demands <laughs> <laughs> demands going to be there away. in the future once the <laughs> pandemic goes away but um you know it takes that kind of mindset to know where to pivot when you get thrown a curveball right and I think the pandemic's teaching a lot of people about that. I mean, uh, the companies that were able to adapt and just like that pizza shop example is business 101 is find a need and fill it. Mm-hmm. So in order to stay in the game, if 
if a need is not as expressed or, you know, readily available, I guess you could say, you know, find a bigger need, fill the bigger need, stay in the game, play a bigger game. Yeah, what the pizza shop did was looked at their assets, you know, mm-hmm. I got a building, I've got a bunch of ovens, some tables, chairs, et cetera. Okay, what what can I leverage my assets towards to meet a demand that's out there today? And that's when they got to thinking, well, we got ovens that make heat, what what can we do? And they started researching about plastics and whatnot. And hey, we can we can make face shields. And contribute to the pandemic. There's a huge demand, obviously, for it, and keep this business going without major modifications to those assets. Just like the um, beer and distillery companies that are in the liquor market that all of a sudden can make sanitizer with their assets. Mm-hmm. Not not that their demand <laughs> demand went down in the pandemic for their no. al- for their alco- so. typical alcoholic products, but. <laughs> But again, that, they could play. A bigger but they were game. meeting the demand in the marketplace without right. much change in in their you know, capital assets and equipment. You know, it's a, a shorter pivot for them compared could, to the pizza joint. But they could really still, sell it as a package deal, right? <laughs> so it's 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 really about mindset and where you know where are you focused? Are you f- focused on your on your core? Or not? Or are you are you playing the Wall Street mm-hmm. and playing the, playing the win loss game? Well, and I think really in one point we could touch. I mean, to bring back um, last week's episode talking about servant leadership, a company that that has an infinite game mindset is always going to focus on service rather than the company first. Okay, say more. So basically putting the customers number one instead of the company, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, this is the way, this is the company, again, being adaptive to change is what does the customer need and how can we best? And how is your customer evolving? How how is, are you spending time with their customers, understanding Mm -hmm. their business, understanding what impacts their business? Um, and having that constant conversation about their involvement and how can you be a, you know, strategic partner, if you will, with them as they evolve, how can our products and services evolve whilst staying with our why, staying with our core? And the answer, you have to be ready for the answer for that is we can't. They're moving in such a place that we're just not, you know, without huge diversification getting into another realm, which you might want to do, but you probably need to think long and hard and do a lot of research about it. But it could be that this set of customers of yours is moving away, but other customers are evolving and moving into your target, so to speak, that you need to be paying attention to and start selling to them. But if you're, if you got a finite mindset, you're probably going to try to lasso your customers and stay with them for whatever cost that it is uh, to keep up with them because all you're doing is watching your numbers at the bottom of the spreadsheet and you want to keep those customers and keep getting the same revenues out of them. 
which may not be appropriate. And I think to, to Zach's point about, you know, making it more customer focused, meeting their needs than it is about, you know, what the company has always, you know, set as the way of how we do things <clears throat> relates to our business because our company valued meeting clients in person, in person, in person. And then we have this pandemic hit mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, we've got to throw that out the window. Not necessarily that it's a bad value to have because it is that one-on-one connection, but we've got to find a way to be able to do that without having to actually physically be at their home or them at our office. So of course, Zoom steps in and creates that ability. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness we went that route because it's been the best shift for our company as a whole that could have ever happened. Yeah, and you can always go back to the way you used to do things once the pandemic goes exactly. away. But it diversifies. Zoom, Zoom mm-hmm. is a good intermediary for mm-hmm. your, for your business until uh, at the time the pandemic goes away. Um, fingers crossed um, that you can go back yeah. to that value. But I think humans as a as a whole have adapted to. I can create a connection and a relationship with someone through a video screen. Not mm-hmm. necessarily through in person, because that used to be like, how could you get to really know somebody without physically being there? Well, Zach and I now have great friends that we have never met in person, right. but it feels like we have because we see them on a video screen every day. Well, because yeah. you can still have the same type of conversation, even though you, you I, I call it 2D and 3D. You're not uh-huh. with them in 3D, you're in, right. with them in 2D, but you can still have the same conversations and so forth. Because if you didn't have that, what would happen? You'd be communicating through email, mm-hmm. text, so right. forth. That just doesn't provide the same dynamic right. or trust building that you do when you're in person. Right. So it's it's the. I mean, you've still got the body language. You've got inflections, expression, facial exactly. expressions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm. You just can't physically reach out and touch them. That's only, right. the only That's thing the you can't do. Only thing you can't do. Yeah. But it it's been amazing to see companies make that transition and see that it, that's a perfect example that we do live in that infinite game, that infinite world. So many companies have just, you're still in the game, right? You, Actually, might, you might fall out of the game if you're doing it just not, by email and texting, yeah. a, you know, not again, not necessarily any definite winners, but there, I feel like there is winning. If that makes sense, there's not, you're the winner, but if you're succeeding, yeah, you know, if that makes sense, but being able to continue to thrive, to generate value in the marketplace to even a higher level, right? And that's what really happened with us is when everything shut down last March, it, everybody's freaking out. It was scary. We don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that it was... You know, for us, it was actually, and for a lot of companies, it was a blessing in disguise that, oh my gosh, here here we are, we've increased productivity through a pandemic because we were able to play the infinite game and stay in the game, which actually made us better. So, and then I think sometimes people look back and go, oh, well, the good old days, well, sometimes the good old days weren't so good. They're not as good as they are now. So being able to continue on that forward path of how do we just continue to increase this adaptiveness and how do we adapt quicker? Mm -hmm. 
So being yeah, I think able to it's, study just that. A, it's just about being prepared. You know, those that were prepared to be able to shift if anything did happen, which like I said, our company did, they had a complete game. Well, plan. They had a complete game plan in place yeah. to make sure that everyone could work from home if needed. So it was implemented instantly. Well, you're talking about one of the differences between a finite and infinite game, which is a knowing that the world changes and B building enough flexibility into your business to, you know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. I know it's coming and I'm building stuff into our strategy to be able to account for it when it shows up as opposed to keeping things the same. It's about, it's about me and my career. Um, everything's good right now. And I don't want, I don't want that to change because it's really good for me right now. I'm fearful. I'm afraid of change. I'm, I'm not going to get prepared for it because it's really good right now. And I just want to keep everything the same right now because profits are really good. I'm going to do whatever is possible to keep it the same. And to that point, I mean, the last two weeks we talked about leadership, Mm -hmm. right? So to that point, I think the best leaders, true leaders are more concerned, not just with their success, with their career, with their, financials Mm -hmm. but instead the impact that they make on others or what some not one of my favorite words would be leaving a true legacy not just Mm -hmm. okay i won good but how can i create a system of helping everybody win which creates infinite winning and just duplicatable winning if you will Right, living that infinite game, leaving a legacy, changing something about the world, or leaving a massive mark. Yeah, it's about um, keeping a, an Apple, a Microsoft, a, a Ford, a GM, um, an Oracle, whatever in the game. Right. You know, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm spending part of my time, my life, my career at this company, and I'm going to keep the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. While I'm here, but I want to set the company up for a great foundation that when I pass the baton to somebody else, that it can still be strong in the industry and keep going. Right. I mean, take- to have that future teammate that I can hand off to. Um, because but- that's the number one goal here, not about my pockets, but about keeping my company relevant. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, keeping the industry relevant. Right. Because if the industry goes, you know, tanks, then nobody's playing in it. Right. Right. So what am I doing to contribute to the industry and keep the industry relevant? But then how am I keeping my company relevant within that industry so that we can keep playing this game? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, two great examples, leaders in industry. um, I mean, we take Apple. Steve Jobs passed. Apple didn't skip a beat. He left a legacy behind. Very, very successful legacy that will continue. Um, And then we just hear news that Jeff Bezos steps down as CEO of Amazon. Mm -hmm. But he created a legacy through a very trusted partner that now he's created that. Amazon definitely was probably one of the best companies to play the infinite game. 
that's why the success has happened. That's why Bezos has done what he's done is he was playing the infinite game. He didn't get stuck in, oh, I'm just going to sell books. I want to sell books. Well, he's looked at their whys being in, in the market and delivery, right? Right. Yep. And that's I'm, why they, they building their own fleet of airplanes because that's part of delivery. Right. It wasn't, uh, oh, I'm a bookstore. No, I just, I'm, I'm a distribution system. A distribution system. And now, oh, by the way, I can distribute da- data. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> right. That requires no warehouse. Right. Requires no. Well, it requires some buildings and equipment yeah. to do it, but, you know, just so we're going back to the blockbuster thing, yep. it's, it's about the storage and delivery of data. Right. You know, so how can we take our core of what we do with physical items, books, et cetera, and move that over, that core competency, if you will, and move it over to a different industry that we can build on and grow our revenues? And keep Amazon strong to keep keep the industry strong, keep the company strong. And pass. He just announced he's going to be passing the baton later this year to somebody right. else to keep it going. So he can go um, concentrate on other acquisitions that he's acquired. Right? Right. Should be no surprise to anybody that he bought the Washington Post. Washington Post is in the distribution business. Distributing news. Right. Distributing information fits that core of what they do. If you can see it that way. Well, and I think you have to see it that way. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle is they're so defined by, if you will, their product mm-hmm. instead of the process. Right? Possibly, yeah. So, um, again, if, if Bezos had said, well, no, I just sell books, he would not be here anymore, Right. Right. Not in industry anyways. So, um, being able to realize that, that why the purpose, the method to play the, play the bigger game, not just, again, we can use any industry, railroad, blockbuster, et cetera, to be able to go out, be ready for change, anticipate change and have your eyes on the horizon of what's coming next. How can we, quote unquote, stay with the times or get ahead of the times even? Yeah. So, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball. Let's it's not spend a lot of time on this, but maybe five minutes before we get into our last last segment and wrap this episode up. Let's, let's move out of the business world. Let's get into the personal world. How how do, how does the how does the finite game versus infinite game play out in a person's life? Maybe touch on that for five minutes before we move on. It really boils down to mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Well, are you are you looking short term? You know, are you looking at how, how can I get joy and happiness right in this moment and whatever cost that it is, or am, am I looking? You know. Big picture, you know, using one of your favorite words, how do I leave a legacy of impact? Right. In my own life, in my family's life, in my community's life, to play well, that play that infinite game, to keep keep the world going. And again, you know, to humanity take, going. To take something that I said earlier out of the business context, it's about really service. 
is the way I mm-hmm. see it, is instead of focusing on how do I create my own joy right now, right here, how do I create pleasure for myself, how do I best serve others and impact their life first? How do I generate value in their life? I mean, if you take marriage for an example, mm-hmm. if if we weren't so caught up in self-satisfaction, self-gratification, you wouldn't have so many of the issues that a lot of people see if we were focused on serving each other, right? Right. And really just serving every single day or with friends, with anybody. I mean, I've heard it put this way is the best leaders are the ones who impact people the most that anywhere they go, they generate value in somebody's life, serving others. I mean, even to get biblical, it says those among you that will lead must serve. Mm -hmm. And you see that you see great leaders and you know that when the day comes that they're no longer on this earth, that they will have one of the largest funerals you've ever seen because they made an impact in that life. But that impact is going to continue to live on to create better friends, to create better family, to create better home leadership, if you will. Or even go back to our servant leadership episode. We were talking about um, Saban and Sweeney. Right. You know, are you playing an infinite game to keep the Alabama and Clemson football programs going even after I leave? Right. Right. So we we were talking about playing a finite game within an infinite game. Uh, That's not to say that people shouldn't go out and have some fun, some enjoyment and serve themselves a little bit, you know, do some things that are fun in life. Um, I'm not saying that's not appropriate at all. What it is is more of when you're looking at your priorities and your mindset for your whole life, looking at that long-term basis, are you playing a finite game where you're just burning through stuff? And when I leave, it's a pile pile of ashes, so to speak, and that's it? Or are you playing the infinite game knowing that trying to build, like you said, a legacy for my own family to keep, keep the family name going? allowing us to be contributors to society and to the world and have your children and your children's children generating value in this world and um, developing that model of how that's done, you know, is a big part of that legacy that you leave for your, for your kids and your grandkids and so forth. If you're playing the infinite game, that's, that's what you're doing. Right. You just had a grandfather to pass away. Right. Right. I mean, definitely lives on. I mean, anybody can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> he spent some I know, I know time he, with he, he meant a lot to you. He made, yeah. made an impact in your life. So he left some legacy behind. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, the way he lived his life, and I, I never knew him, so I don't know whether he played a finite or infinite game, but I have to imagine it was more infinite than finite, being the impact that he left on you. Most definitely. So, I mean, that's a big part of our why in and outside of business is impacting others and leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I'm, I'm not thinking success right now. Of course I am, but the bigger picture, right. Is four or five generations from now. Did I leave an impact that far down? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Or in the community. 
Right. It could be your immediate family or it can be the community and sort of one of the My goal the is for it to be all of the above. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So. All right. In, in the name of time, let's move to our last piece. Um, so let's say that uh, Zach, Megan, and I have done a good job in convincing you that you need to lead an infinite game in your business or in your life. Um, let's talk about the five things that Simon says you need to do um, to play the infinite game well. So the first one is to you need to uh, advance a just cause. What, what does that say to the two of you? I feel like what, what that says, I mean, what that means to me is being able to be a key role, a key player in um, making a huge impact in some some area. So a just cause, whatever just cause that hits your heart, you know, mm-hmm. for us, it's, you know, helping families become financially independent. Like that's a huge cause for us because mm-hmm. there's a huge need for it. Somebody else's cause may be to, you know, help feed children in Africa or adopt children from a for another foreign country, mm-hmm. but being able to advance that cause and have that impact. Right. So the the infinite game in life is to keep the world going and make it a better place, right? Right. And the, the world's a complex place, so it has many needs um, in order to keep the infinite game of the earth um, and life and humanity moving on. There's plenty of places to go do work, as long as that work keeps the infinite game going, right? Right. And we could all be participating in activities that just <laughs> burns humanity to the ground right. and the infinite game finally does come to an end because we burned it to the ground, right? Out of our behaviors and mindsets and so forth. So uh, that's what it says to me, it says to me when, I, when I see advance of just causes. Uh, like you said, Megan, pick something can improve in the world that helps mm-hmm. keep the the earth revolving and solar system intact right. and humanity <laughs> around and uh right. you know the infinite game can can still be played because if that's not here then who cares about businesses right. <laughs> it's not gonna be right. a world around us to uh for businesses to exist in so um you, you got to advance a just cause because it's the just cause that's going to help keep the infinite game going called life and humanity. Well, and, and I love the word advance of just cause. I mean, everything, you know, that we may even take for granted, but I mean, you take, you know, what telecommunications have become internet, things like that. Mm-hmm. There was a just cause there to, to make us better connected, to be able to now around the world, around the world. I mean, now we're to a point where, we're a click away from talking to somebody on the other side of the globe, mm-hmm. which has created such a bigger game to be played, right? Because now instead of just having a local impact with a service or that just cause, mm-hmm. we're now able to have a global impact. Right. So you think of cloud businesses and everything like that, it's... um. And always looking to make that better, not stagnate, right? So. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, last point on that one, because it hit it hit my mind as soon as Zach was talking about globally. Um, my brother-in-law is an online pastor with 
um, with Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He has Zoom calls and Zoom meetings one-on-one with people that are in Spain or in Germany or like anywhere. He's like, oh, I've got to hop on a call at this time because this is, you know, 8 a.m. there. Right. And it's like, it's crazy that his church in Louisville, Kentucky is not just in Louisville, Kentucky. They're all over the globe making an impact, making an immediate impact. Right. Not having to actually go to that country to talk to those people. He can sit in his pajamas in the kitchen mm-hmm. and talk to them. Like it's it's huge what an impact that can be made and a just cause is being advanced. Yeah, when people used to ask me what why you work in the aviation industry, what what is your passion within that? And I said, because it helps the world get connected. It's not the internet and video, right. but it's people hopping on airplanes and the ability to be able to fly 13, 15 hours without a stop now has allowed the world to travel and get to know each other better. And like you mm-hmm. said, work on problems together and so forth. That's that's what got me out of the bed in the morning was to yeah. have a system that would not only enables you to do that, but to do it in a more efficient way so right. it becomes more accessible, if you will, to mm-hmm. more people in the world. Right. All right, item number two for uh, Mr. Sinek was um, build trusting teams. I think we hit on this before just, you know, talking about Amazon and um, Apple and Bezos stepping down, Steve Jobs passing away. If if you're solo in your endeavor and you hold the keys, if you will, to to the system or to the game, then once you're gone, so is that. You're playing a finite game. Again, it's mm-hmm. all about solo success, whereas building a trusting team – We've hit on this before. The The purpose of a leader is to build other leaders. So building a trusting team of other leaders allows that system and that push to advance that just cause to continue on long after we're gone. Yeah, it makes you more viable to stay in the game. Right. If you've got trusting teams that are working together around item number one, a just cause. Right. Is going to allow you to stay in the game longer because you're working together, trusting each other in your ability to deliver on that to keep the game going. Right. Well, and then again, legacy people know your name long after you're gone because you have people that can carry the torch or the baton, as we put it. Mm-hmm. It also allows you to do another important thing that's flexibility in your business. Yep. If you don't have any trust and you see a need that you have to adjust your business model or change a strategic direction or something and you don't have trusting teams, you're going to be fighting so much with each other over the need to do that that the whole opportunity is going to pass you by. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're going to be less viable in the infinite game because of that. Well, and one of the things I've brought this up before, but the the leadership I grew up with in business – one of the biggest things on the teams that we built is trust without doubt. That was number one inside the leadership circle mm-hmm. was trust without doubt. And then move as one unit to that common why. Right. So um, I think that that's so huge. Well, let's, um, let's move to number three, which is to study worthy rivals. 
So what do you think he means when he says that? Study worthy rivals. I love it. What does that bring to the table? I mean, watch the film, (laughs) right? We've been talking about football um, since the Super Bowl was this past weekend, but watch the film, right? Um, I mean, if, if you're playing the infinite game and you're in the marketplace, learn from your rival's successes. What are they doing to where you could possibly win better? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, getting into business, I've always studied people who were where I wanted to be. Right. What are they doing? What's their mindset? What's their, heck, what's their daily routine look like? <laughs> right. Businesses or individuals can do the same. That helps you keep you in the game, right? If you've right. got a major major rival and you're competing, if you don't pay attention to them and see what they're doing and pick up what they're doing, and maybe incorporate it the exact same way or or a slightly different way, keeps you in the game. Otherwise, the competitor could just push you out of the game because you're right. not paying attention to it, right? Iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the phrase I like to use is iron sharpens iron. So it's it's having a respect for your competitor, it's about having a little bit of an admiration for your competitor and studying what they're doing to say, hey, they look like they're surviving in the game pretty well. We right. should be studying what they're doing because uh, they're showing the way a little bit um, in this and we might want to emulate it cool. uh, in some areas, in some ways, to keep playing in the game. And in order to do that, I mean, it, it's about mindset. Again, mm-hmm. you can't properly study those rivals and i put i put quotes around that because really if you have the right mindset and you have a growth combined with an abundance mindset Mm -hmm. that we have an infinite marketplace right which we pretty much do now right that both can be successful in an infinite game if you have an infinite marketplace there's plenty of room, of room for multiple players to win. Right. Right. And again, there's no defined winners. It's not, oh, well, he won, she won, they won. No. It's, are they both fulfilling their why is the biggest thing. And multiple players in an infinite game can be able to achieve that why. Right. Right. And studying your rival to get better. Inst- I love the saying, you can get better, you can get better. Right. If they're seeing more success, staying more relevant, are you? Do you stay in your ways, or do you study and go? Okay, maybe we can shift this way. Do we play the infinite game? Well, it, if you had two companies in an industry, one may be targeting targeting one segment of that overall market, and the other one might be segmenting a different part of it. So right. they're in the same industry. They're still being competitive. They're still being profitable. They're just tackling, so to speak, a different part of the market right by the way they structure their products or services that they can both exist they can both be profitable they can both be learning from each other they can both be playing being a player in this infinite game and there's room to do that you know there might be um, an acknowledgement you know that hey apple does this part of the business better than microsoft and that's okay they're both making a lot of money and profitability they're just segmenting or or making tweaks to their product or service that goes after the heart of different customers that are in that segment. And you can do that. Right. That kind of makes me think of 
um, like nutritional and protein bar companies. Mm -hmm. There's the protein bar for the plant-based only people. You Mm -hmm. have the protein bar for the keto people that Mm -hmm. they get a high fat bar. Then you have the one that's for just, you know, your bodybuilder that's just full of macros. Like you've got all the different types of bars to fit each person's, you know, goals, needs, whatever for their own nutritional self. Right. There's a, there's a enough for everyone to compete and eat and learn from each other about how they're advancing with meeting their customers' needs. Well, Microsoft went heavily after the business market, and Apple went heavily on the educational Mm -hmm. market in the early days. In the more creative. In the early days, the more creative um, arenas. Right. You know, they went after different markets and were able to exist in the industry, and they... Uh, each one was good at certain things and, and maybe not so good in other things. And, you know, that was 40, 50 years ago. And here they are still going strong. And I think you look at how they've transitioned now, they've both done a very good job in being able to be flexible mm-hmm. with what their market is and what and who they're serving. Because, I mean, you look at something like Microsoft now, they actually appeal to a lot of graphic designers and artists with the tools Mm -hmm. and the software that they've developed Mm -hmm. instead of just business. Right, which moves us to the next point. Uh, Simon labels it as being prepared for um, existential flexibility. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a lot lot of letters in Mm -hmm. that, but basically what he means is just what you said is about being prepared for the future. It's Right. Keeping an eyeball on things, you know, assessing what's going on in the marketplace and be be able to pivot mm-hmm. quickly, have the, the right type of teams, the right type of processes and so forth that when you need to when you need to move because mm-hmm. the market's moving or some major disruption comes into the world or to into your industry, um like volcanic dust for airplanes or the pandemic or whatever it may be. Um, or new regulations, new laws. Or new regulations, new laws, whatever the disruption may be, that you've got an ability to move fairly quickly. That's where the trusting teams comes into play. Right. Um, to, to be able to change and pivot, whether it be for a short period of time or it's a game changer and the whole industry is changing mm-hmm. forever. Um. Because of it. I mean, you, you hear in all the automobile industry players now saying by 2035 or by 2030, we're going to be 80% electric or whatever, because they see that that change is coming and they're now making changes to personnel. I mean, mm-hmm. I read an article um, yesterday's New York Times about electric cars and what kind of changes does that make to uh, repair shops? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. What kind of changes that makes to, uh, you know, batteries are heavier and so forth that it creates changes in the chassis and other parts of the car that now part makers have to change. The strategy behind the vehicle changes, you know, the batteries tend to be at the bottom of the car. And so your, your weight balance and everything is different. It changes tires. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. It makes changes to tire. You know, everybody just thinks of tires as just a bunch of rubber, but the reality is, 
know, we've gotten so technical with tires now, the whole chemical makeup of tires needs to change because electric engines are high torque. Mm-hmm. You know, people are used to putting pedal to metal to get the car starting for a gas car. You do that with a high torque engine, like an electric you're going to burn through some rubber just just try to drive down the road and without any intention of doing that. Well, so that's a big reason why most car most electric vehicles are all-wheel drive as well. Mhm. So that's changed. Yeah, so there's there's a lot about the automotive industry in terms of processes and design and as well as the aftermarket mm-hmm. of selling a car mm-hmm. that needs to change that's coming and and that whole industry is going to have to pivot. Uh, from that perspective. And some are going to do it well and some are not, depending on this very item we were just talking about is, are you prepared for those kind of disruptions and have uh, trusting teams with processes that allow you to to pivot fairly quickly and be prepared for it when it hits? Can you break the rules, basically? (laughs) Well, break those sort of de facto rules of the way how your industry operates. To be clear, not the laws. No, not the laws, but sort of how... The, the rules of how a car gets designed, right. you know, and, and produced and so forth and so on. We're talking about those kinds of rules, not the, not the rules that the law sets <laughs> into place. I'm not trying to say that at all. All right, to our last point, which I think is the most important one, uh, is to be able to demonstrate the courage to lead. Very common theme the past few weeks. So... Yes. If, if our listeners didn't notice, but... Again, in order to enact change, in order to enact or advance a cause or a plan to stay relevant, there's got to be somebody that takes hold of the wheel and steers the ship in the right direction. Takes a risk. Right. It's going to take risk. I Mm -hmm. mean, one of the points we kind of brushed over, but... For a short period of time, there may be some short-term sacrifices and the bottom line might suffer for a period of time even or something of the sort in order to pivot, in order to be able to make the change that will yield long-term results and really be able to lead into the infinite game and leave a legacy. Well, it, you know... The key word here is courage, right? Where where in our episodes have we used the word courage? There's one in particular that we've used, we used it a lot. Pretty sure it was love versus fear. The love versus fear. There you go, right? So, you know, in 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 the courage to lead, fear is always going to come into the equation, right? Right. The fear of, oh, I'm looking at my spreadsheets and they're they're in pretty good order right now. And if we have to pivot, they may not be in good order for a while. Right. You know, do you have the courage to to deal with Wall Street and uh, board of directors and everything else to say, no, um, yeah, it's going to be this way for a few years because we need to go to point B or we had to move point B to a different spot because of what's happening in the marketplace. and. Mm-hmm. We're sort of prepared for it, but we're sort of not prepared for it. We have to go work on the things that we're not prepared in order to make that journey. You know, it takes courage to be able to stand up in front of a board of directors and make those statements and say, I've got what it takes to be the leader to get us there and and to influence you to see it my way that that's where we need to go. You know, it's easy just to keep the status quo going, yeah, we're doing fine. Right. 
We're just going to keep things going the way that they're going. Yeah, look at the profits. Look at, look at the spreadsheets, man. We're doing all right. We don't need to do a thing. Because then it's, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're not good. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like if you've if you've successfully done the four things that we just talked about prior, mm-hmm. doing that fifth, you're you're good. Like, you're going to be ready for that. But if you haven't, like what comes to mind mostly is number two, building trusting teams. Mm-hmm. If you're the CEO of a company and you haven't built a trusting team and you say, hey, we're going to pivot into a completely new market or a completely new way of doing things. Oh, yeah, you're going to get You're going to get a lot of backlash. You may not have a lot of well, support. <laughs> you're going to get those hallway conversations of he's, <clears throat> he's off his rocker. What is he thinking? Right. <laughs> exactly right. Well, and to paint a picture, this just kind of hit my brain being – Kind of a car guy. It's like if you're driving the coastal highway in California and you say, we want to move forward at full speed and you've just got the pedal to the metal Mm -hmm. and going, if you don't slow down for a minute to take those sharp turns, you're going to go over a cliff. That's the exact same thing with playing a finite game versus the infinite game Mm -hmm. is are you able to slow down, downshift and potentially make some speed sacrifices or performance sacrifices in the short term to be able to make that turn, to make that pivot so that then when market conditions and everything is right and you see that straight away, then you're still able to go forward faster. Right. I I feel like everything we've done episode wise before this is sort of built to this point. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Right here. You know, it gives gives uh, our listeners a foundation. You know, from our previous episodes to this point of um, play the infinite game, and you need the courage to lead to do that. And there's right. gonna be bumps in the road, but that's okay. Yep. You know, as long as you're living out your why and playing the infinite game, you're gonna be around for a while. Mm-hmm. In the infinite game, the only way you lose is if you quit. That's right. You can quit exactly. at any time and just get out of the game. That's that's your right to make that choice if you want. Well, one of the biggest things for me with Infinite Game kind of as we close is, you know, reading into this, somebody else's success or another business's success or another family's success, we don't necessarily just have to be in the business sphere, but doesn't mean that you're losing or unsuccessful when you're playing the Infinite Game, mm-hmm. right? That way you can study those worthy rivals, as we put it, in order to see, okay, well, they're winning. Awesome. How do I win? How do I win more? How do I Mm -hmm. get better? Um, And then everybody can celebrate together again an abundance mindset. And um, that's something in business that I always struggled with until I had that realization of the infinite game, especially Mm -hmm. when I actually went through um, Simon's book on that was, oh, wait, they're winning. I can still win. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it goes back to our episode on scarcity versus abundance. There's right. plenty of abundance in the world and both you and a rival can exist. Play the game successfully and still be in the game in years to come. Again, everything in episode and, one. And oh, by the way, think about all the value that gets generated by both of you. In the world. Right, because if iron sharpens iron, you're both getting sharper, things get better. That's what we're here all about. Exactly. All right, so we um, greatly appreciate you tuning in today and, and listen to us uh, 
bang around on Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game. Highly recommend it to you. Uh, pick it up at your local Amazon or local bo- bookstore. Um, that was supposed to be funny. You didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andy. You've, no had, you've, had no better, you've had better jokes. I've had better jokes. We'll, okay. We'll let that one go, though. All right. Anyway. Sorry, no. I was thinking, well, I guess Amazon's always local. So, yes, yeah. it's in your, they're in your living room, whether you know it or not. <laughs> but if you and know a mom true. and pop trying to stay afloat, right. go see if they've got his book. Right. Big proponent Support of your small supporting businesses. small businesses. Yes. yes. Since we are one. Um, have a great week. Have a great day. Um, go out there, generate value in this world, and we will see you next Tuesday. Yes. Do us a favor. For another episode. Go ahead and uh, click that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Get notifications when we post new episodes and also uh, give us a share and uh, spread the word so we can help generate more value. Thanks again and take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.